Welcome to this week's edition of Pause with the Pastors. I'm Senior Pastor Tammy Jackson. I'm here with one of our Associate Pastors, Davis Johnson. Pause with the Pastors is a time we stop in each week. We talk about last week's sermon and look ahead to what we'll be talking about this upcoming week. We are in a new sermon series called What Child Is This? The Early Years of Jesus. We're looking a little more in depth at the early life of Jesus and some of the details that we don't always look at really um, deeply. This past week, we talked about Jesus' family, um, his complicated family composition and the things that he experienced um, as a member of a sibling group with parents and talked about how our family of origin shapes who we are, but it doesn't determine who we have to be. Um, And Davis, you had a great line, and I have loved it since you used it back in September. Give us that line. Yeah, the um, it seemed relevant again as we looked at the difficult and complex things that shape the life of Jesus as an adolescent. That though there are many things in our lives that happen outside of the will of God, that there's not a single thing in our life that happens outside of the love of God. Yes, and that. Perhaps your family holidays were not perfect. Um, Perhaps you're even now, as we've entered into January of a new year, thought the holiday wasn't all I hoped it would be. I very often feel a little bit of depression after the holidays um, because I want this wonderful, great experience for my family and myself full of wonderful, happy memories. And it never seems to live up to, to the hype and this idea of the perfect holiday Over time, I have come to the conclusion that the best thing about holidays is just spending them with family, that that idea of perfection doesn't exist. It appears to us from Scripture that Jesus' family of origin was not perfect either. They went through some difficulty. He was part of a blended and complicated family in there. And that even if we are, God is with us in the midst of whatever messiness complication, tragedy, or dysfunction we experience in our families. And we're never alone, as we do. Right. Coming up this Sunday, um, this week we're talking about Jesus in the church. And I'm using the word church a little loosely because Jesus wouldn't have been in church. Jesus would have been in the temple or the synagogue. And so our passage for this week is out of Luke chapter 2. Verses 41 through 52, it may be a familiar story to many of you. Now, every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. 
So he went back down with them to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. When my boys were little, we were shopping in Dillard's department store in Tuscaloosa. And the relative I was shopping with had a stroller. And so we needed to wait for the elevator. And when the doors of the elevator opened, I turned around and my youngest son, Ryan, was not with us. I didn't see him anywhere. And so as often young mothers do, we have this fear of someone snatching our child. And I'm calling, Ryan? Ryan? And I'm trying not to sound panicked, but I can't find him. And I am just about to have a complete come apart, um, getting a little bit frantic. And when I heard him giggle, He had stepped into one of the clothing racks (laughs) and he felt hidden because he liked that he could see us and we couldn't see him. And so when I found him, I was so relieved, but I remember pulling him out and kind of shaking him. Don't ever do that again. And then I hugged him real tight. Don't ever do that again. And I hugged him. Um, I can't imagine what it would have been like if it had taken me three days to find him. (laughs) Right. I think Jesus' response to the unnerved nature of his parents is a little inappropriate and rude. <laughs> so I'm glad that Jesus is... Where else would I be? <laughs> relatable to me, at least, in that way. Um, sometimes he says things that are not so kind. <laughs> well, and I can tell you, if if he'd been my child, I probably just would have grounded him. <laughs> you know why I was looking for you. We, we were scared about that. I also think for those of us who are mothers, whether we are parents, whether we're um, parents of children or, or parents of puppies. The idea that uh, Mary and Joseph got a whole day away before they realized <laughs> that Jesus was not with the group. Um, that becomes one of those, okay, well, I never just completely lost my child for three days. Um, and Jesus turned out okay. So um, maybe I'm not doing such a bad job as a mother. So we get a lot of humor out of this kind of story, but I think it's interesting to me that we have a 12-year-old Jesus sitting in the temple, talking with the religious leaders, um, debating with them, and they're amazed at his wisdom. We're not so amazed because we know he is the Son of God. We know he is God come in human flesh. We're not at all um, surprised that he would have that information. But I think it can remind us Um, of the importance of a discussion-based faith formation. Um, For many of us, for many years now, for a couple of generations, the traditional way we have engaged in worship and spiritual formation has been we go to church and we listen to a sermon and we're told what to think or what to feel or how to respond to that. Even many of us have gone into Sunday school classes and we have a teacher who teaches the lesson and we sit and learn it. And we are learning more about um, the efficacy of discussion, of question and answer, of allowing conversation to happen. Right. And I think that's what I find so remarkable about this story is that not only is Jesus having that formative experience, but he clearly seems to, whether he's communicated this to his family or not, it seems Mm -hmm. as though he hadn't, but he'd internalized it. He feels like he belongs in his religious community. And that sense of belonging and formation through discussion is how you become someone of a certain identity. It's not um, becoming a member and having your name on a roll. It's the ways that you're shaped by the people 
in your life. And that's my hope for so many of the young people that are a part of the life of this church, whether they come a handful of times with a friend and then try to plug into our youth group or the different children in the remote learning program that Emily is learning to develop a closeness with, that in these ways, kids can find a home in this church. And Jesus clearly shows us how important it is in this story for people not related to a child to have conversations of faith Mm -hmm. with them. And I think something is lost in a lot of churches when we really, really want young people and young families in the church, but we don't get to know them. And Mm -hmm. some of that's just because of the way we gather, like you've said, and um, it's not my hope that we would have a bunch of young people in the church, but that a bunch of young people would want to be in this church mm-hmm. and want to discuss their faith with people here. And I guess for me, it's not that I I want anyone who is drawn to come, but I don't just want them to come to church. I want them to be part of the church. I think there's a benefit to a variety of perspectives in this story of scripture we have a younger person, Jesus, talking with older people and sharing. And we hear this echoed as Paul talks to Timothy, who is a young pastor, pastoring a church. And he says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. Spiritual maturity is not the same thing as chronological age. You can have been a member of a church for years and years and years and not developed a lot of spiritual maturity. And you can be a young adult or a young person in a youth group and have a spiritual maturity that outpaces your chronological age. It's about diving into scripture. It's about listening to the Holy Spirit. It's about being committed to living a life that is faithful to following Christ. And the church needs to make room for people of all chronological ages who exhibit spiritual maturity to be involved in the life of the church. Right. And and I think when we do that, it's not so that people that have been around can take a back seat. It's Mm -hmm. this moment where people can see that the same God that they've encountered through the years are not just working through the things that they have experienced, but in the Mm -hmm. lives of the people that are newly present with them. And it's great to see those moments. One of my favorite things I've gotten to do is the youth pastor here was last year during a Wednesday night supper, I brought some of the youth over and Linnell Phillips and Becky Brown met us in the sanctuary and we talked about the different banners that they made that Mm -hmm. Bill Phillips helped put up and the Mm -hmm. kids were really interested and um, Becky and Linnell got to talk about what they did. But I think we need more of those moments where people can talk about these ordinary things we do in the life of the church to be a part of what God is doing now. In a previous appointment, I had... a parent make a comment to me about all these young kids think they have such stress and pressure. They don't have any idea what stress is like. Uh, Well, I was working with those young people and I remember thinking they have a lot of stress. They have a lot of stress that is different and to a greater extent than I did as a young person. So we intentionally facilitated some conversations where the grown-ups could help to understand what the kids were going through and the pressure that was coming on their life, and the kids could have an understanding of what the parents were experiencing. I found that it was very difficult to understand your own parent or your own child, but you could experience it broader. In the church, we 
benefit from a variety of perspectives, from understanding what different ages, different groups, different backgrounds bring to the experience of being a part of church and where Christ is with us. And I think all of that gets bound up in this little story of Jesus um, as a 12-year-old staying behind to engage in the life of the church. So we hope that you'll join us this week for online worship. Um, should be releasing on Sunday morning as we talk about um, Jesus' early life and his life in the church. <music>